I think sometimes it surprises people when they come to Mass on Christmas morning, and instead of hearing about shepherds and angels coming to the manger, we hear the beginning of John's Gospel. Who doesn't speak of the Christmas story at all? Um, But there are four different sets of readings for the Christmas Masses. On Christmas Eve, we hear uh, Matthew's account in the Mass at midnight. We hear Luke's account, but Mark and John, they don't talk about Jesus growing up or his being born. John only refers to it in one sentence, verse 14, where he said, the Word, who is Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John wants to link us to Jesus as God and how God is the creator of all that is. John's gospel begins the same way as the book of Genesis, where we really hear about the beginnings of creation. Both start with these words, in the beginning. Just as Genesis tells the story of creation, John's gospel wants to show us that there is a new creation, a new opportunity for humanity to be redeemed and restored to the image and likeness of God in which we were originally made, lost through sin and disobedience. John's gospel wants to remind us that Jesus becoming flesh, the incarnation into the flesh, is very different than the way we came about. Not only because Jesus was born of a virgin, but also because he existed before Gabriel told Mary that she would be with child. We didn't exist before our parents came together with God to co-create and make us. But Jesus has always existed because Jesus is God and God has always existed. And that's what John wants us to understand on this Christmas day. And it makes what happened there in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago even more miraculous. When he says in the beginning there was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be, It reminds us that Jesus was there when God made everything out of nothing. When God brought order to chaos, Jesus was there. And and John makes this point that it is because of him that all things exist. And through him, God holds all things together. Without him, there'd be nothing. But Jesus had it pretty good, being in heaven above, seeing the universe from heaven. And yet, he who was rich became poor so we can become rich. That's the light of the star. He followed it down so one day we can follow it up and see the face of God and enjoy his presence forever. And that's why the nativity is really the incarnation. God who is invisible and everywhere encasing himself in the confines of a human mortal body like us in all things but sin, to be tempted like us, cold like us, to hurt like us, to bleed like us, to cry like us, to be hungry and thirsty and rejected and ridiculed and persecuted and one day put to death. That was all part of God's ultimate plan to save us from sin, from Satan, from hell, from selfishness, and from all the plights of the human condition here on planet earth. Jesus had a mission when he entered that flesh, and that was to take that flesh and our sins to the cross Christmas is always a reminder that Jesus was born to die for us. He was born to conquer sins, Satan, and death forever and for everyone. And so every time we look at the manger, we are reminded that the crib and the cross could have been cut from the same piece of wood because they're bookends of that same mission that Jesus fulfilled so faithfully and well. So great is his love for sinners like me and you. And so today, 
in churches all over the world, Christians gather together to praise God for fulfilling prophecy, for answering prayer, for hearing people's pleas, that he might send his son as a shepherd to lay down his life for his lambs to become the lamb worthy to be slain. Wise men still seek him. We would do well to follow the shepherds and the angels and the kings to adore at the Christ child's crib, not only this day, but every day. Because every day we are reminded that without Jesus, we have nothing. Without God, there is nothing. Through him, all things came into being, including us, and he is a will for us. And when we follow that light, it will lead us to our destiny. It will lead us not only to the crib, but it will also lead us to holiness and one day lead us to heaven. But if there is one great message that is consistent throughout these different gospels we've heard over these Christmas masses, it really came from the lips of Gabriel. He said it to Zechariah when he doubted that his wife could possibly be pregnant with John the Baptist. Gabriel said the same thing to Mary and then to Joseph and then to the shepherds. And it's just four words, do not be afraid. That is the hidden message of the Christmas story, that Jesus wants us to live lives free of fear. And yet we spend so much of our life anxious and depressed and scared. How are we going to pay the bills? How am I going to deal with this health crisis? What if I don't get that promotion? Uh, what if I don't get into that college? What if so-and-so breaks up with me? Uh, what am I going to do about the situation in our community, in the country, in the world? So many cares and concerns. Do not be afraid. Today, the baby offers us all the opportunity to lay all those sins, all those faults, all those failings, all those fears, all those cares and concerns at the feet of the cross and the feet of this crib so that he might help us to live free of fear because he came to conquer the greatest fear, sin, Satan, and death. And once we're no longer afraid to die, then we need not be afraid to live and we can finally fulfill God's destiny for us. And that is to follow that light that will lead us here and one day lead us there.